also, okay, like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? And it's like, when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that, like, did not RSVP. So I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and, like, people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like, the more, the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown-ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. Mr. Hall was way harsh. He gave me a C minus. <laughs> well, he gave me a C, which drives down my entire average. Hello? There was a stop sign. I totally paused. You tried driving in platforms. Oh, should I write them a note? Cher's got attitude about high school boys. It's a personal choice everyone has got to make for themselves. Cher is saving herself for Luke Perry. Cher, you're a virgin? I mean, I'm not prude. I'm just highly selective. I mean, you see how picky I am about my shoes, and they only go on my feet. Nice stems. Thanks. What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. I'm gonna be a Doing. Yo, you get on the freeway. You go, girl. Listeners out there, welcome back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and these are the movies that made us gay. Yay! Welcome back to the show, everybody. Great to be here. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Did you love it? I love this. We movie. just watched it. Just watched. We it. never do that. We just watched it, and we're going to get into it. We've got a really great movie today. I hope you were. Uh, you caught it from that trailer. We've also got a really wonderful guest. Scott, why don't you introduce our movie again? We brought our friend Brad Liberty. Liberty, Yay. or how do, you, how do you correctly pronounce <laughs> your name? Whatever you like. Um, Liberty is how we Liberty, okay. Liberty's a good word, so I'm happy to. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Brad, regardless of however the hell you pronounce your last name. Newly back in L.A. Good to have you back. You've been gone for a few years. You're out in New York because that's where you're from. Welcome back to Los Angeles. Thank you. It's good to be back. And a perfect movie to discuss about L.A., yes, a movie indeed. that's very um, integral of me wanting to move to Los Angeles. Ah. We watched Amy Heckerling's Clueless from 1995. Yay. I love Clueless. So you wanted to do Clueless. And, of course, Clueless was always on the short list of movies for us to do. And you are the perfect guest for it. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. So, do we all remember when we first watched this wonderful movie? Oh, my God. Because I'm sure that this played a very vital role <laughs> in our lives in at one particular gay, time. To my young gay self. So, I'll go first. Um, this movie came out when I was nine years old. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, I mean, this movie was everywhere. Like, yeah, all over huge. MTV. Just, like, there was huge. no escaping the summer that this movie came out. This movie was released July 19th, 1995. And... I remember going 
with my sister. She was in junior high at the time, and I pretty much just tagged along when they went to the movie, and I had to sip, sit separately in the audience. Aww. So my sister was with all of her junior high friends, and I just really... And she's like, get away from Scott. Go to the back. Yeah, you gotta I, sit by yourself. And I just really Aww. fucking wanted to watch this movie. I mean, like who a, can blame a you? nine-year-old gay child that enthralled. just was enthralled yeah, as yeah. he saw Alicia Silverstone on the screen, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And then every minute of it. I mean, it was on rotation. This was like a video store staple. I yeah. don't think I ever owned this movie because oh, it was always there. Like oh, sure. either you, you went over to, to yeah. friend's house that had it taped off cable, yeah. mm-hmm. or you just rented it. From the video store sure. in the back catalog, so it was just always there, and it just has a a very uh, fruitful life on basic cable. Definitely, yeah. Even to this day, I think it's just on TBS quite quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, do you remember when you first uh, when you first saw this movie? I absolutely do. I am a few years older than Scott, <laughs> and uh, I was I think I was in eighth grade, so I sure. would have been what thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. I did not see it in the theater. I was at that age where. The opinions of everyone around me mattered so deeply, and I was worried that it would be too girly to, sure. be, to go see in the theater. So, of course, yeah. the, literally the day it came out on video, I think in like February 96 or like March 96, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ran to Blockbuster and, and rented it. And I think I watched it five times that weekend alone, just instantly from yeah. like the first opening scene, just kind of – was enthralled just like Scott. And, you know, I remembered Alicia from the Aerosmith videos and that was like, yeah, absolutely. And she was cast in this movie from the Aerosmith videos by Amy Heckerling too. Mm -hmm. And so she just kind of was always just, I thought she was just so badass in those videos. And, you know, I was just, when I heard she was starring in a movie, I was just like, I, I have to see it. Yeah. I didn't regret it. Pete. Um, I mean, I was in high school and I remember, uh, a girl that I was friends with, uh, this this girl, her name was Angie and Angie was goth and Angie loved it. And I was like, you liked that movie? And she was like, yeah. And this was her review. She's like, you think she's going to be like mean and stuck up and snobby because they're like rich and they're the popular girls. She goes, but she's just so nice. All she wants to do is help everybody that's around her. And I was like, okay. So then I saw it in the theater. I don't remember who I saw it with, but I saw it in the theater. Just loved it, right? And then when it did get released on video, um, I don't remember if I bought it or if I rented it. But the first time I like had it in my hand on VHS, I know what happened. It was on cable. And we had cable, and I set a timer to record it because I was like out, like with like hmm. friends or at school or whatever. I was on cable and recorded it, and then went home, got the tape, went to my room because I had a VCR in my room at the time, watched it twice in a row. Like no joke, it ended. Rewound it and watched it again. I'm sure that yeah. I have watched this movie twice in a row yeah. as well. I fully was so like, like, and it was late at night. It was like, okay, I got to go to school in the morning, but like I'm back. I don't know what I was doing. It's a short movie. Like, it's only like 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It ended and I was like, okay, it's like 1030 or 11. I was like, I could probably watch it one more time before I go to bed. And I fully rewound it, watched it again. And I'm not sorry that I did that. I, I mean, like, there's just such a rewatchability about this yes, movie that yes. it just goes down so easy. And the... The screenplay 
it's just all it just works. Yep. And it takes its material that it was adapted from uh, Emma by um, Jane Austen mm-hmm. and just puts this cool new spin on it. And yeah, yep. it's just fucking rad. Okay, now I was not super aware of the Emma connection for a few years. Sure. And then when I did hear about it, I was just kind of like, well, was it real? Like, was it that close of an adaptation or did she just kind of take the basic idea of it? But when you look on like Wikipedia and stuff, I feel like people have really gone in and it. And I feel like we were even talking during. Or you could just watch the, the Gwyneth Paltrow movie, Pete. Because it, yeah. it hits all the beats. Which came out in 95. I know. So I it was kind of. I have not seen the Gwyneth yep. Paltrow version. When I need a nap, I'll put it in. <laughs> uh, see, now that does not interest me whatsoever. Like, I feel like Gwyneth I, Paltrow and Ewan McGregor. I mean, I'm all about Ewan McGregor. You know, he's my like ride or die bay of all of all time. But and Ewan McGregor is the Paul Rudd character. He or no? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember that it's it's the epitome. It's like was the start of the Gwynethness. Yeah, you know, sure. I think he's the Jeremy Sisto character. I think you're right. Yeah. I think we're going to have to dust this one out, too. Double <laughs> the, the new one. But yes, it's, it's, it's that I would say, that and Sliding Doors, not to digress. Sure. Sure. Gwyneth sliding Doors. Her Gwynethist. <laughs> her Gwynethist. At her, yes. Her at, her, at her peak waspiness. I loved them both I, at the time, but I certainly have not seen Emma as often as Clueless. I'll say that. <laughs> it says Ewan McGregor played Frank Churchill. Which is the Christian character. Initially appealing love interest of Cher. Uh, Let's see. Churchill is not available to Emma because he's already engaged. In the film, Christian is not available to Cher because he is a homo gay. Oh, we'll get into that. Is that how they referred to gays back then? (laughs) That's in the Wikipedia. Homo gay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A previous engagement. Um, Yeah. So I. To me at the time, the whole like Emma thing, and my sister was very into, you know, Jane Austen, Bronte sisters, all of that. And to me, I was just like, no. Um, this, on the other hand, just, it pulled me in. It, I, I don't know. It had cute boys. It had Paul Rudd that I was just, I remember Paul Rudd from a little show called Sisters that I've talked about on this podcast. Sisters was a drama Sisters, series on ABC that ran on like Sunday nights or something. It might have been Friday night. Um, it was a weekend show. And uh, he played the the husband of Ashley Judd. And this was the 90s. So they were like 18-year-olds that, got, that eloped. Right. Oh. And he was Ashley Judd's husband and he was like a doofus and he kind of had long hair. And another thing, side note, is that he had long, like shoulder length hair and it's Paul Rudd. So if you look at those old YouTube videos where he's like DJ Paul Rudd, like DJing bar mitzvahs and stuff, he had this like shoulder length wavy hair. Oh. Right. And he auditioned with that hair, cut it without telling Amy Heckerling, shows up to set the first day of shooting and she's like, what the fuck, dude? Wow. I and was like that. pissed. And according to Paul Rudd, he's like, he says that he thought she was going to fire him like that day because he cut his hair. And she was like, this is not the look that you auditioned with. This is not the look that we were like going for. But I can't see Josh yeah. with long hair. Same. 
Yeah, I can't either. Because that, like, mid-90s, like, I, I kind of associate him with, like, remember, like, Real World and San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Remember Judd? Judd, absolutely. I kind of give, Paul, like, Josh's character is very, like, a mm-hmm. Judd, like, yeah. super liberal, you know, cute guy, kind of a little square. Listens to good music, but, you know, he just wears, like, just yeah. kind of squarish clothes, but... But has cool elements about him. And so to me, I always thought Paul Rudd's hair length, while a surprise, and I even remember at the time going, that's a guy from Sisters. Oh, he cut his hair. <laughs> and he looks kind of dorky now. But still cute because, I mean, it's fucking Paul yeah, Rudd. Like, and you can see his here. eyes better. Yes. Ah, those baby blues. Yeah, Paul I think Rudd. you're right. I mean, I, they must have been going for that, like, mid-90s kind of academic, like a David Foster mm-hmm. Wallace, where they were, mm-hmm. like, academic in the grunge cafe. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, it makes a little sense. But, yeah. I mean, it's impossible to picture Josh. Oh, my God. Them, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I also did think at the time that Paul Rudd just read a little too old. Agreed. Agreed. You know, Paul Rudd was probably 25, 26 when they made this movie, probably. Is that creepier than him being her stepbrother? <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's worse? <laughs> but I also did kind of, I just inferred maybe for myself to justify it that like Mel was never married to his mom for that long. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they've been separated and divorced for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they so they justify it as like, well, we're barely even like yeah. steps of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we should begin the discussion on Amy Heckerling. So Amy Heckerling, had she done anything before Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Oh. That's, that's a good a, question. That's a question for the IMDb's. So I mean, Fast Times Ridgemont High was a huge hit. Put her on the map. Yeah. Uh, put her on the map. You saw Phoebe Cates's mm-hmm. boobies, and that movie was sort of <laughs> cemented in pop culture. It introduced everyone to Sean Penn, mm-hmm. and so she was just sort and of Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she was just sort of uh, kind of on the radar in the '80s. She did the Look Who's Talking movies. It was her first feature. Yep. She's only credited with a short. I'm curious, prior. did she get the... Because I remember at the time, the Cameron Crowe went undercover in mm-hmm. a high school. Seemed to be the buzziness. I mean, I don't remember because I'm Right? Young. Yeah, it was in 1982. But looking back, when you read about it, a lot of the, the, the kind of news that comes out first is that he went undercover, blah, blah, blah. So did she get a lot of kind of come up with it the way she certainly did for Clueless? I don't know, you know? Yeah. Because the other thing, too, is that you would think maybe she would have got like some kind of a wave. The next thing she did was Johnny dangerously yeah. with Michael Keaton, which I think was, they thought was going to be a little bit bigger than it ended up being Vac- uh, European vacation. Sure. was big. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, look who's talking. And they she had did a moment. Those look, and they did. You're and right. They were have, big movies you know, and she didn't yeah. have a very good experience on European vacation with Chevy chase too. Well, does anybody Has have a good anybody? experience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, look who's talking at the time was a huge deal and it made a lot of money. They too. made a sequel right. and got Roseanne for yeah. it. I mean, You're it right. was a huge, and Amy Heckerling directed the sequel. Yep. So, and yeah, she did not direct. Look who's talking now. Sure. <laughs> she did not. The dog one. And I think that a big proponent of this movie getting made was its producer, Scott Rudin, mm-hmm. sort of saw, was early on to the market of the teen movie in the 90s. Right. Because he obviously saw that 
Fast Times really worked in the 80s, and Paramount was sort of shopping around a movie about young people. Mm-hmm. And I think that they probably had to really fight to get the script made, even at the time. I mean, it's hard to compare it to anything else, because I don't think anything like this had really happened in the 90s. Especially for, like, a big studio movie. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the big studio kind of comedies in the early 90s, a lot of them, especially high school ones, were like... 50s TV shows yeah. that were made into yes. like the Brady Bunch and Beverly Hillbillies yeah. and blah, blah, blah. I can't think of a huge – I mean after the John Hughes kind of 80s, late 80s like explosion, the 90s were kind of quiet, the early 90s. With, yeah. Unless like we're forgetting. I can't think of a big blockbuster teen movie in 91 or 92. Yeah. We'll have you to – yeah. We'll have to think about that. I mean I think that a movie like Reality Bites – Made pretty decent money for Universal, so not high school, though. but not high school. Right. That was that was college because there was always the college movie like Reality Bites or Singles, mm-hmm. our threesome. Shout out to our threesome episode, yeah. <laughs> but not anything really directed to teenagers. Mm-hmm. Right, and I don't know a lot about the background of this movie of the script. You were mentioning before we were recording that you think that like Amy Amy Heckerling probably had somebody to like help her beef up this script a little bit. I mean, in fairness, I think everybody does. Yeah. I don't think there's yeah. one totally. movie, you know, um, and I don't want to take anything away from her accomplishments, but just this movie exists at a level that I've not. It's super polished. It's just, yeah. it's a perfect movie. And kind of to, to quickly go back to what you guys were talking about, it lends itself to you finish it and want to watch it again because yeah. certainly for teens, even as an adult, it creates a world you want to be in. Yes. And you can't think of. I mean, there, there's a lot of movies that do it, but I don't know that many that do it in this way. Yeah. And there's know? just layered jokes in this movie oh, that you don't really get the first few times that you watch it. And then when you get older, you sort of catch on to it, right. too. Um, the movie definitely is heightened in its style, its fashion, its mm-hmm. uh, language. It lives, it lives in its own little universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were watching a little bit of some of the uh, supplemental features on the DVD and. I don't know if it was Amy Heckerling or or my friend, Twink Kaplan. <laughs> Amy Heckerling's like good luck charm that's in <laughs> all of her movies. One of them mentioned that Alicia Silverstone has the quality that she's just super likable and that she's super likable um, for girls. That girls are very much like want to know her and want to like be friends with her and all of that. And that was what this movie had in that like girls... Teenage girls at the time fucking worshipped this movie. Worshipped mm-hmm. like, Changed the way they spoke, yeah, the way yeah. they looked, the way yeah. they drew, everything. I mean, I a lot of the a lot of the friends that I had that were girls at the time, you know, maybe were a little like like I said, my friend Angie was goth and she was like, I fucking loved it. You know, other friends that I had at the time were very much like you know, it was it was aspirational, but not in a sense that like, well, we're poor and they're rich and we want to be like that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like, you know, um, it's not aspirational in a way that like Kylie Jenner is. You know, it was it's so much more sweet. Absolutely. Like it's very mm-hmm. much like this America sweetheart kind of idea. And the way that she plays Cher is there's like naivete and innocence but there's also she knows what the hell she's doing she's playing the shit out of and she and Cher has a really great character arc in this movie too yes she does like you see the character grow yeah but Cher just exists in this world that 
um, you know, this house is insane. You know, she's got a car. She's got the clothes. You know, she's got the friends. Uh, there's a scene. And one of my friends at the, when I was young pointed it out and I didn't realize it. And even after the multiple viewings, she's talking to – Cher's talking to her father. And I think it's a scene where they're going over her grades. And she brings in a tray with um, tea. And I know it's tea because – as she pours him a cup of tea into a mug, she walks to a window, plucks a lemon off a tree out the window, and brings it back to the tray and cuts it up and squirts the lemon juice mm-hmm. into his tea. Like, that's just this, like, Mary Poppins cartoon yes. kind she's of, a, like... Only in, yeah. only in Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. this, like, ideal, like, mm-hmm. you know, idyllic life that she lives, you know. Yeah, I don't house. think we had seen a teen... Certainly a, a lead protagonist like her before. I mean, you'd often see the wealthy, rich girl in a John Hughes yeah. or in a movie but that was emotionally cut off yes. or just the wrong girl for the guy yeah. and needed to you know, find Ioni Sky or the right <laughs> sweetheart, Molly Ringwald, Ali yeah. Sheedy. It's like the, like the Leah Thompson character in uh – they're either the, the, they're either a bitch or the poor the little bitch. rich girl. They're some kind he- of wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. They're the, yeah. the Heathers or they're like a Phoebe Cates where you don't really get – it's more kind of the male gaze type yes. of character. Yeah. And with her, it was, as you said, like a real empowered aspirational female yeah. that you you know were a little jealous of. But the warmth, I think, of the character, of the writing. Yeah. But I think, again, like enough credit can't be given – to Alicia because yeah. it could have played so differently, you know? And when you look at kind of who is considered for the role, I was reading Reese Witherspoon, I guess, was like pretty close to getting it. It would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that a lot of Alicia's personality is just sort of peppered into this character that yeah. they catered the role to her. Totally. And Reese had had her Tracy flick. Like, I just yes. can't see this. Like, I don't know. There's just a warmth with Alicia and a kind of unassuming quality that yeah. just not many actresses have, yeah. you know? And I mean, I even remember when Legally Blonde did come out, how many years later? 2001. 2001. So a good six years. And I mean, I remember at the time people were just saying that like she's just kind of doing a, a share impression. I was, you know? I couldn't enjoy Definitely. that movie at yeah. first. I enjoy it now, but yeah. at the time I was just Probably like, a role that was written maybe with Alicia Silverstone in mind right. when they were conceiving it. Right. Yeah. Could and been. then just at that time she was not on the radar. Yeah. Well, and we're not, let's not joke. Reese made her teen masterpiece Fear. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> 96 fear yep oh man that movie oh my god i love fear i may i think i made you watch fear a few years ago and you'd never seen it i had never seen it all the way through it's pretty insane yeah it's pretty insane i i do i dare ask does it hold up at least in a fun kind of what am i watching the roller coaster scene i I think so the roller coaster yeah (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) this crazy exploitation movie for teenagers seriously we did watch it all the way through it's Almost like a like a '90s training video of like what to do when you fall in love with the with the bad guy. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness! But you know, because of this movie, it kicked off the kind yes. of teen craze. So yeah. the, even like if, the teen gold rush of the late '90s, of the late yeah. '90s. You know, I'm trying to think, and I really I think. It goes Heather's in 89 yeah. and then this in 95 oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. terms of like iconic teen movies. Yeah, for sure. You know? And, and even American of, Pie didn't come out for another five years. That was years. 99. Yeah. That was when I was a yeah. senior, And American you know? Pie was a throwback to like 
Porkies, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But I really feel like if, if you want to get into it and say like the early 2000s, like the teen movie craze, like American Pie kind of kicked that off, mm-hmm. right? And that and so this movie kind of stands alone in the 90s as like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know? I think from this you can see you have The Craft in 96. Sure, you have yes. Fear, you, yes. Have, you have studios there taking you go. a chance okay. on... Mid-range movies budget, for movies yeah. for young movies. people. You know, can't yeah. hardly wait in '98. But I agree. I think yeah. that you know, 2000 and 2001. You know, really goes yeah. into, and then you get the music matching it. You know, and one would argue that a share sets the stage for a pop star like Britney Spears. Oh, that's yes. very much sweet, so much. But yeah. you know, you kind of want to be her. You think that she's you know aspirational in a way. In other ways, you know, we're talking in '99 mm-hmm. now, but you know. <laughs> The kind of girl that has everything, quote unquote, yeah. but yet is still sweet. You yeah. Know? I mean, we have to talk about the music in this movie, too. That oh, this soundtrack, soundtrack is... I feel like the soundtrack is still on repeat. Totally. I'll just be driving to work and put on the Clueless soundtrack. Well, first of all, the soundtrack slaps. But second of all, like... Who the hell curated these songs? Sure. All the songs that aren't even on the soundtrack. Totally. Well, Just a Girl is in this movie... Mm-hmm. When this movie was released in July, mm-hmm. yeah, July '95, Tragic Kingdom was released in October. Sure, they were onto they that got shit the jump. before. They got yep. the jump on No Doubt, yep. and No Doubt was not a household name before Just a Girl. No. Like, no, it's like a local, yeah. a local SoCal band. Yeah, same with Mighty Boston. Yeah, who didn't have the long longevity logo sure. in it, but they had a few, you know, mighty years. Yes, I mean that was right before that whole like. Uh, kind of weird swing craze in like the Scott late 90s swing. remember that whole mm-hmm. deal you know absolutely and the mighty mighty like boston's the, were like the forefront of that like the doug lineman swingers yeah <laughs> is it Angeles? too dramatic yep. to say that this movie kicked us out of grunge i mean <laughs> it's sure. probably too dramatic Just, but it certainly was a was an arbiter on the way you know? sure it kind of comments on grunge a little bit mm-hmm. and how it's over and it's into the kind of mass market sure let's buy wealth let's you know yeah high-end visibility of these designers that I don't certainly teens didn't <laughs> didn't know. Oh yeah, you know. Although there were two Radiohead songs in this soundtrack, mm-hmm. that and the Benz was released in March, so that had been out. Yes, but there were two songs from the Benz, and I always felt like the way the songs are used, some of them even work, and especially the Radiohead songs, um, kind of almost work like score. Yeah, you know, Absolutely. like when Ty and and uh, Travis meet in the cafeteria in line, that opening of um, I can't remember the name of the song, but it it, it feels like the score of the movie mm-hmm. as opposed to like a pop song, and then it like breaks into the vocal, mm-hmm. but it's edited so well into into the movie. Yeah. Just like I wonder how much Amy Heckerling had a hand in that. I mean, she seems like a hip. Broad. She knows what the yeah. kids are listening to. <laughs> I'm curious who the music supervisor yeah, was. I yeah, mean, you know, I mean, she had all the best, like the coolest people. I think because, like you were saying, with the costume design as well, like mm-hmm. costumes by Mona May. Yeah. Shout out to our Rumi Michelle <laughs> and Never Been Kissed episode. Yes. She did the costumes for this movie. 
I'm so sorry. Something just popped in my mm. head. It wasn't the iconic hit that it should be, but it has. There was Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. In oh, yes. <laughs> that was a flop. And that was, it was I indeed. Think, that was kind of. Put like, on put heavy the, rotation on HBO. HBO. Shout out to our Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead episode. Yeah, that I got, that got, that, that found its legs really in the home media. Oh, my goodness. And people love that. I mean, I that, movie that movie is like iconic it's another movie that just makes me happy no matter when it's on where where i start it you know? yeah for sure yeah you can just watch any any anyway, any spot of that i movie. digress back to clueless <laughs> which i love just as oh much. no that's okay we can talk about <laughs> don't tell mom um yeah she had a really good people working with her as far as kind of like fleshing out this world mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um i think a lot of uh you guys are talking about the script um a lot of the teen speak was kind of made up for this movie. Yeah. Nobody was talking about Barney's and Betty's. Mm, as if. I mean, as if. Jeeping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of it was made up and never got legs, but like as if is like. I'm bugging. Yeah. Like that shit kind of fell into whatever. The I don't know if whatever was ever used. I think in it was used before. But. but her making the W with sure. her fingers. Yeah, that yeah. was the first time yeah. I'd ever seen it. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I guess there was always this valley girl slang of the 80s. Yeah. And it's just sort of brought to the 90s. Yeah. 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 Um, M- a Monet. I mean, they Monet. had to come up with that. that was... <laughs> but we'll, the post way- a, we'll post a clip of Jenny McCarthy doing a, a game of this with trivia. With trivia at the MTV Beach House. With Henry Thomas and uh, Yasmin Bleeth. Yep. Wow. We'll we'll post a clip of it. You just transported me to 1996. Okay, so that brings up the marketing for this movie was intense. All over MTV. This was so hand in hand with MTV, and and the cast would do like little. Is that just because? I mean, is that just because like what? It was a Paramount. I think like, back then, I mean, Bicom. if you had a movie under the age of 25, yeah. Like, yeah. MTV was your way to promote it. Sure. I mean, that was everything. Because MTV, not only would they, uh, they had the they had the Beach House uh, day where the cast was there, um, probably in like Daytona Beach or whatever, and they had the whole Beach House day. That was I, one thing. I think they did it in Malibu. Okay. I think they did it at Zuma. But separate from that, MTV also had promo spots that were like little almost like deleted scenes from little the movie. sketches little sketches yeah. yep. do you remember mm-hmm. these they were so good and there's one in the cafe and julie brown plays mm-hmm. the waitress yeah yeah and sharon dion get weirded out because they find out that sardines are in their caesar salad mm-hmm. and, they, totally and they want a caesar that. salad with uh hold the dressing yeah. yeah so they just want lettuce i think it helped too that mtv felt a little bit of of um Ownership's not yes. the word, but for Alicia, because they oh, felt yeah, that they had yeah, yeah, broke yeah. Her She came from music, music, videos, music yep. videos. Yeah. You know, she had done the babysitter, right? That was the, or the crush. The crush, the yeah, the crush. But, I, like, I, and I want to say that the babysitter was released probably the same year this movie came out. Yep. I think so as well. Wow, that's crazy. So I think there was a real MTV felt they had a stake in it. And I can, yeah, I can right. attest that to my sense. own life back then. I would literally put MTV on oh, definitely. and not change the channel. I mean, my day. dream, my dream job when I was like 11 years old would be the TRL. host of the host of Absolute. Singled Out. Absolute. Singled <laughs> Absolutely. And you would just watch it through even if you didn't like the show, you yeah. just leave it on till the next thing. I mean, there was no and you're not surfing no. on social media. You're just literally watching MTV. Yes. 
and watching these promos and watching. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. I remember at the time my cable packet, my cable, my parents, the package of cable that we had included much music. Love music. Oh music. man, was that was amazing. And much music had like their rival TRL. They Already? had like yeah, they had their own version of like in studio yeah. all afternoon, you know, studio yeah. audience kind of a thing. Yeah, and um, yeah, at the, I remember at the time like Britney Spears and all of them being on. I there, loved but, yeah, much just, too because you could see like Euro like pop star like what's it like Billy Lord or not yeah. Billy Lord, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, she was a pop star that ended up doing like the the uh, uh, house call diaries on Showtime. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Billy something like all those British yes. S Club Seven. You can yeah, see yeah. all those videos well, on you, Much Music. Well, you know what I saw on Much Music first, and I was just like, "Sorry, Canada, you guys need to just slow your roll, Canada, slow down." They had Spice Girls Ooh. first, and uh, Backstreet Boys. Wow. And they had in studios with both of them, wow. and I was just like, I don't know if these guys are going to. I don't think this is going to fly. These guys don't have legs over here. You guys, you 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 stick to Canada, you guys. And then what the fuck did I know? Yeah, yeah, blew my mind. But um, yeah, this uh, this movie was very like hand in hand with uh, with MTV and the cross promotion was. I mean, it was brilliant. It got us all yeah. to like because yeah. everybody I knew that was my age. Same thing. We you just went home and turned on MTV and just watched. And just watched. And it was probably one of the things that this came out in July. Kids went back to school in August, and everyone was talking about this. Mm-hmm. Movie. Absolutely. So even just yeah, the release date was like timed perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. You know, again, I, I'll never. Uh, there hasn't been an iconic teen movie that came out when I was fourteen, other than this yeah. movie. <laughs> but I can't emphasize enough how it changed the way people spoke it changed Definitely, the way yeah. people dressed it changed the way the girls in my grade acted like it really did it was like it was so influential yeah you couldn't escape it and in 1995 had a full-on gay character and he's called out being gay absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely that's a big deal um it's an interesting character. It's it's not coded, which is great. Like you said, he's called out. He's they a little he's, he's a little plot devicey, but that's okay because yeah. it's not his movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we don't get to see anything. It's just only talked about and referred to. He never even says it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they put an interesting spin on him because the idea is that Cher's not attracted to the the type of boys in 1995 that would be going to her school. The contemporary one, she was attracted yes. to like the Rat Pack, late fifties, early sixties. A sophisticated guy. man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, she mentions at one point in the movie through her iconic voiceover mm-hmm. in the all, so the, good. all the young dudes scene yeah. that she just doesn't get boys, you know, and and that was definitely a look, you know, big baggy pants, and you know, skateboarding was just kind of becoming a big thing around that time, and and the baggy clothes was everywhere and yeah it looked kind of gross so yeah somebody who is Cher going who's going to be good enough for her right mm-hmm. so we get Christian um yeah I was definitely fascinated by him uh I wasn't super duper uh 
attracted to Christian. I like I said, I was like, I mean, Paul Rudd was in it, so I wasn't really looking at anybody else. Same, but but he was there, and it was like, wow, representation. That's kind of great, you know. And not really a victim, not getting right. bullied, you yeah. know. Kind he's, of in charge a, of his own agency. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah he was cool. Yeah, you know. Uh, um, and it's also interesting that he's not directly out. But he seems like someone that's very comfortable in his skin. Even though probably if you were to call out this character, you're gay. I don't know if the character would really know like what to say to that. Mm -hmm. But he's just comfortable as himself, which is very relatable. Right. Well, because that's the thing. Once Cher finds out that he's gay from Murray, she's just like, oh, okay, he's gay. That's the kind of friendship we're going to have. And then they have like this great friendship after that. But you're right. It's not really addressed between the two of them, at least on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of imagine that they had a little bit of a talk, you know, afterwards. Sure. Um, Because I think Cher is like, has enough presence of mind to go and say like, Hey, like I, th- I thought this was going to be one thing. Yeah, I mean, we had our Beverly weird hills date. as well. Yeah, these teens would have been exposed going to on. out gay totally men in a way that perhaps you know students in like Michigan or oh for sure know, Jersey where I'm from I don't know would have been the same. You yeah, know? Sharon, Sharon, Dion are getting their hair done and like in high end salons. Who's the guy? Who's the guy that has billboards all over LA? Chaz, Chaz Dean. <laughs> Or their parents are having party planners yeah. over, or you know, <laughs> actors and actresses. I mean, it's a you know, yeah. Chaz Dean. That's such a specifically LA. Oh, that's oh a specific God. LA Chaz post. Oh. He's like, he's like our, our gay Angelina. He's our new yeah. Angelina. You know, he's coming to New York though. He's opening a store or something. Ooh. I remember saying that to Ted. I was like, I can't believe Chaz Dean has infiltrated. In and out can't make it here. And Chaz, Dean. right? <laughs> Chaz Dean, uh, come on the show if you're listening. He's our he's our new Jose Iber. Remember. Uh. Remember Jose Barrett? I want what's his, his name from Blow Out. I want Jonathan Anton. I know. I mean, he? can you imagine? <laughs> so, yeah. So you're absolutely right. These these girls these girls knew from party planners and mm-hmm. and all of that. <laughs> but yeah, what I mean, what did we have in '95? We had like we had like Martin Short and, and we had uh, Pedro from <laughs> we had Pedro world. from the that real world. Really Thank it. you. Yeah, you're that right. That was it. That's all. Like MTV was so, again. Yeah. So I feel like teens were getting kind of woke when it came to that, and M- and MTV edit has a a big thanks in that. You're you're absolutely right. But but I mean, we we can't forget. Martin Short and B.D. Wong in the Father of the Bride series. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that was that was our big those are our big aspirational gay exactly. characters. <laughs> Even this, I remember like it's funny the things that you imprint, because you know, I was as far in the closet as I could mm-hmm. be at that age. I don't oh, even yeah. know what I thought. But I remember thinking like, okay, it's the guys that are gonna call you gay. The girls don't notice it, so you have to be really careful yeah. around this and I had had a few, you know, straight guys call me gay and the girls defend me. And I remember this being kind of flickering off a little panic right. inside of like, oh no, it is the guys who know. It's not the <laughs> not even thinking oh, internally, yeah. but thinking of it only from external, like if sure. they know, think it and it's it wasn't even questioning yeah, my yeah, own. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? It's just um, I didn't even think about that though. That I like did. Marie just knew. Yeah. yeah. I found that that something was just like jumped off the screen sure. to me at the time. Huh. Yeah. I don't know how I took that as a kid. I kind of, I don't know if maybe I just thought Murray knew because the guys talked about it and I don't know. They knew him. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's a new spin on that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 
I did kind of think too, though, like, okay, after now, after we find out and Cher and him are cool with each other, now he's just like her shopping buddy. I know. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you want to be Cher shopping I, buddy? I though? would not yeah. mind being. Cher I would love to. Buddy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would have preferred to have been Amber's shopping buddy because yeah. Amber's got a little bit more of a of a outgoing fashion sense. Uh-huh. Mona May uh, had the most fun dressing that one. I mean, they could put some well, pretty crazy looks on her. It was. Yeah. Uh, 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 Trend victim a little bit, sure. you know? Yeah, yeah, Where the other girls' looks are much more timeless. Certainly, De- Dion and Cher is like, they still work, most yeah. of them, you know? Yeah, the co- and also, the costumes for this movie, they've aged really well. Like, I think they still read pretty cool mm-hmm. on film. <laughs> Absolutely. For the most part, would you agree? Yellow plaid. Um, I mean, I think they're, they're a look. They, I mean, they're so a part of just like the pop culture canon now. Well, na- I mean, now it's like, now every like. Yeah, Dion's, it's the way like a halter top and, and, um, uh, bell bottoms sure. with like stilettos can make you look 70s, make you look 70s but still yeah. sex. It's the yes. same. It's like yeah. a look that is so indelible of good 90s. Yeah. Dion's, Dion's hat's a little crazy. Yeah. I haven't think, I haven't think in the 90s that would have been a little <laughs> good point. Hashtag. Team too much. At least I didn't skin a collie to get my purse. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, yeah, I think Amber's looks are fully realized. Yeah. But you're right. She's a little bit more fashion victim. And I do have to say that Cher did look better in that dress, even though it was from Judy's. Uh, <laughs> did you guys catch that Judy's dress? You didn't, Scott, you I didn't know what Judy's no, was. No, I didn't know what Judy's was. I still don't. Okay. Um, uh, and Judy's was a mall store here, so it was probably a regional thing. Uh-huh. And it was along the line. I think it was like cheaper than Contempo Got it. Was, a, was the deal. But it was just like a girl's like dress yeah. store. You know, much. Mandy. Was it sort yeah. of like Wet Seal? Yeah, it was just along okay. those lines. Yeah, got it. Got it. Um, but it was, yeah, it was in the malls. And Judy's had, and I remember Judy's had their logo was like a girl, and but it was like a sketch. And it was almost very, it was very like Eliza with a Z, like like a hand, like single line drawing of like this girl. I always remember like the Judy's logo. And it was just like a decal on the glass in the mall. Because, okay, uh, I spent a lot of my youth in malls. My Amen. mother w- loves to shop. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been, our family has been on the gift card bandwagon like for years. I know it's like a little bit of a newer thing and some old school people are just like, I don't like giving out gift card. Like we could give my mother a gift card any, like in the eighties. Cause the gift was shopping. Yeah. She just, you giving her the gift of shopping or your favorite Los Angeles malls to go th- to with Melinda. Okay, so we love the Glendale Galleria because it was so huge. One stop shop. You got it. You got it all. Like it just kept going, and it's like you're upstairs, and there's another escalator, and you're going up again. Like fuck, it had a Warner Brothers Studio store wow. in the '90s, and it was gigantic. Had a huge Disney store. Um, oh, and back in the day, in the '80s, the Glendale Galleria had a pet store. Ooh. Yeah, awesome. And it had, uh, well, which is not awesome now because they were probably all like puppy mill dogs. Um, and it had a, a KCET store of knowledge. Anybody remember that? KCET store of knowledge? Yeah, it was it's weird. What is that? It was a store that just had like, it had like puzzles. <laughs> like, was it like a smart 
kids yeah, like toy store. Toys. It was kind of like smart toys, yeah. yeah. And then they sold like video, like videotapes of like KCET, like PBS. Oh, KCET uh, is like the PBS oh, station. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. When you say that. Rewind. That. Yes, yeah, so rewind. KCET, KCET is the PBS station got it, got it. in LA. So essentially, it's a PBS store. Who knew how highbrow for Glendale. Oh I goodness, love it. yes, and it had uh, right next to the Natural Wonders, which would, had like gems and stuff. <laughs> right next door to Natural Wonders was their Suncoast, and their Suncoast, oh, Suncoast. was huge. Yeah, so Glendale Gallery was my jam and uh, loved it. It's still cool now. I I'm, already, I still go. I'm yeah. already like flashing back to when Clueless <laughs> came out on VHS, probably seeing the little like coming soon in yeah. December, the VHS of Clueless on like their their board behind the counter. At Suncoast? Or where they would put Absolutely. where they would put the release dates for Can movies. Can I tell you what kind of a weirdo what kind of like weirdo gay I am? I probably bought the clueless VHS at the same time as I bought Star Trek first contact. What the fuck? What is that? But that was like my life. I was like fucking first contact. is like the best Star Trek movie of all time. And I watched it over and over and over again. And then we're just watch clueless. Like, I don't are, get how they go hand in hand polar at all. Opposite movies. I can beat but you. I rented on. Clueless and Clerks. Hey, I rented the two of them together. I, I you know, Kevin Smith's another conversation. Yes. Another time. Um, we did. Clueless, we did Chasing happy. Amy. There yeah, was a lot okay. to unpack with that movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually think Dogma is <laughs> his most watchable, actual, decent movie. <laughs> Everything yeah, else. Yeah, is, yeah. But yeah, though that was my two. I rented the two of them. Clerks I only watched once, though. That's all you need. All. <laughs> You're good. That's all I needed. We should mention that the mall in Clueless, it is the West Side Pavilion, it's right? It's the West Side Pavilion, yes. Yep. Which is a nice mall, but we are, uh, I am uh, East Side people, like yeah. through and through, I'm East Side people. So West Side Pavilion was a trek yeah. for us. Where so is we, that? It's on... Um, it's where the landmark is. Have you ever been to the landmark? I think so. You know where the Apple Pan is? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so yeah. across the street from the Apple I Pan. I do know the Apple yeah. Pan. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Anyways, back to Clueless. <laughs> hey, the West of Pavilion is a big part of this movie. That's the best malls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. We could have a whole mall podcast. We'll have an offshoot like I mean, mall podcast. This it's funny because this show or this movie, it's like I feel like prior to this, it was like kids. You just shopped at the mall. You went to the Gap. Yes, you, yes. you know, you did. And like this started this like, which we're still in worse than ever now, where kids have like Fendi bags. And yeah, I mean, like I never knew any. I, I feel like prior to this, like, and certainly Sex in the City, it was like wealthy, you know, socialite women yes. knew these high end labels, not, yeah. and the rest of us were like, I like the Gap. I yeah, like and totally. Then, literally, it's ninety six, and it's like, is that an Alaya? Yeah. Yeah, you know, certainly worse for girls. But as a young gay, I was, you know, I wanted to keep abreast of well, what yeah, the trends and, were. And I think like a big thing about this movie too is that like half the girls in the school have like nose jobs. Like yep. they all yeah. have their like nose like you know bandages and things. And just this comment on you know young kids getting plastic surgery. And I feel like in this movie, that's almost like. It was almost like an absurd joke. It was almost like a Mel Brooks kind of like a little mm-hmm. airplane kind of humor thrown in there. But now it's like there's probably fucking kids out there getting nose jobs and shit like more oh, than we second. think, you know. Oh, oh, I believe it. Um although now if they moved if they made this movie now like all the girls would be like 
just it would be just lips. They would just have pumped lips. Yeah. I feel well, like that's like that's your intro intro like. Well, you know they surgery. did. There was there is talk of a remake right now with I Paramount. I really hope that, and I hope that <sighs> does not really go any further. They got some of the glow showrunners to okay. develop it. Okay. But that said, that was like <laughs> that was like two years ago, <laughs> so it may have just fizzled out. And they out. did a jukebox Broadway musical that didn't all oh, Broadway didn't make goodness. it to Broadway. Um, just not into it. I don't yeah. even want a Mean Girls. Mean, like, put it no, away. Yeah. Keep it. I don't want. Like I'll say this: the sitcoms charming. <laughs> we I'm did a, sorry, Rachel we, Blanchard. I'm happy for she's her. No but I, she's no Cher Horowitz. We did a we we did a rewatch of some of the episodes of the TV show, and I have to say, it was funnier than I remember it being. Okay, wow. so let's just say let's just say right off the bat, it's Diet Clueless. Yeah, like course, just right of off course, the bat, it's Diet Clueless. Like it is like the store bought version yes. of Coke. it's the 99 cent store. It's like yeah. Aldi Clueless, mm-hmm. right? Um, so like they had to dumb down some things. Their fashion is a lot less heightened because now it's a sitcom, and now they want girls watching it to be kind of able to dress like these girls. Mm-hmm. So their fashion is a little bit more pedestrian. Um, Christian's gone. There's no gay character at all. Um, Ties there, but like they cut her out maybe because the stoner vibe is too weird. Um, but Amber's there and Amber's, she's great. Amber's one of the kind of the yeah. she's now. a she's core, yeah, click core, core now, yeah, yeah which is kind of great. I feel like that actress and Stacey Dash had no business playing 17 oh, years old they on were, TV, they were 25 and 27 yeah, respectively. Yeah. Stacey Dash being 27 when she were when she made this movie uh but yeah the biggest sin i think of the of this of the sitcom is 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 rachel blanchard and she's serviceable in the role but uh, the thing of is it's like so much of the so, oh, so much yeah. of the role is alicia so yeah. much I mean, you like don't pl- you just don't replace an iconic yeah character. you just can't you yeah know? I agree, and I'm I'm a little bitter to that show because I'll, I'll n- never forget that it premiered this, the the year of my freshman year of high school, and I went to a Catholic middle school, so I went to Catholic high school, so I didn't know anybody. You know, all my yeah. friends didn't go to my high school. Oh yeah, and everyone started to have their new friends, so it was on on Friday nights, and I remember I was home on Friday. TGIF, <laughs> I had nowhere to go. TGIF lineup with Sabrina, and I was just uh, yeah. all my other friends had met new friends sure. at their new schools, and were out, and it was either go to the dance. <laughs> or sit home and watch Clueless, and I remember just being like, "I'm never gonna have friends, and oh. I'm never gonna be Cher. Oh, no. Never. She's so popular. Oh my god! But you know, eventually, sure. I didn't get that pop, but I yeah. found friends. <laughs> found something to do on a Friday night. Oh my that's god, funny. that's amazing. Yeah. Paul Rudd did a little stint on Clueless. He did one episode. Did oh, one really? Episode. Yes, he did. did one it episode. as a he favor. did not play Josh. Um, and I want to say Amy Heckerling directed that episode. Sure. That makes really? sense. I think she's she done like, a lot. She's done a handful of TV yeah. shows. Yes, she directed that. some episodes of Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that Riverdale probably had her direct somewhere. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd love to think she directed a Sex in the City. I know Nicole Hall of Center did a bunch of them. Oh. I wonder if, um, yeah. I mean, she's been in Hollywood forever. It's kind of an, it's unfortunate no. because it's that female director standard. Of that, when you make a huge hit movie and your next movie doesn't quite do as well, you're just sort of put in director jail. The same thing happened to, like, Karen Kusama. And she's just now finally getting out of it. Absolutely. So it just kind of sucks. And she did that movie with Paul Rudd and Michelle Pfeiffer. 
I could never be your man. I could never she be your woman. She did that. The first after her follow up to this, I think, was in two thousand. She did that loser with Jason. Oh Davis yeah, that's right. Savari, <gasps> which that's I mean, Amy Heckerling. That's Amy what Heckerling. The hell? And that's, I mean, that was the was let's bad, let's bad. let's make like Mina Savari a leading lady mm. <laughs> push, and yeah. it didn't quite catch on. It didn't quite. Nor nor Jason Biggs. Yeah, you know. Um, but yes, then I could never be your woman. And that movie, I feel, was like it went. Between movie studios and funding, and it took like years for it to come out. Absolutely, and you know, I think she just got it just it just didn't work, and they were not the actors that they were supposed to, or not yeah. not, not the actors, but not the stars that people thought they would become. You know, I think that and it that just was wasn't a, huge, a good movie. A yeah. huge movie with Michelle Pfeiffer too. Oh, that so, one. Yeah. Yeah. You're sorry. Where, no. yeah, I was oh, back sure, in sure. Loser. Loser. Yeah. Yeah. I can never be your woman. Absolutely, and um, and. Not a bad movie. I'll say Loser, I don't feel like has any redeeming qualities. <laughs> there are some interesting things in I Could Never Be Your Woman. It's uh, – I don't know how to say this, but there's way too many monologues about her sure. complaining about her stage in life. As, yeah. You know? Mm. But um, it's Michelle Pfeiffer who I could watch read yeah. the telephone book and it introduces Saoirse Ronan as her – like vocal fry LA daughter, which I was so <laughs> impressed after seeing Atonement. I had seen Atonement first. I couldn't believe it was the same girl. Yeah. Did I she really did, did she make it right before Atonement? I think she made it before Atonement or after, but the, I saw Atonement first. But it was probably one of those things that the movie was released after after the Oscar nomination. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember it in the theater. No, I don't know. I, yeah. I just rented I, it. I, got I think oh. that I think they sort of botched the release of it. Yeah. That I don't really think it was even open major markets. It's a hot mess of a movie. It really is. It's unfortunate. Because I feel like that premise could make to a really good movie, but just... Yep. There was just obstacles with it. If you want to see a good one about an older woman and a younger man, Prime, which you've probably seen. Oh, I've already. seen Prime. That's, it's so much better, and it's around that same time. Uma, Uma and Meryl. And, and who's so cute, and I wish he was a bigger star. I can't remember his name right oh. now. Oh, Oh, he's oh, so he's cute. Like, he's, he's married he's to like Jamie the, Chung. He's like the Brian Greenberg. I was gonna say oh, like he's, he's like the quintessential like oh, cute so New York cute. boy that you bring home to mom. He's so cute. Yeah, Brian Greenberg. He was on um, How oh, to he, Make It in America. Cute. Okay. I like yeah, that. I don't I know like what him. he does now. He kind of was like not Chris enough for the Evans and the, right. And the, yeah. The you know well, all the Chris is the pine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood needs to needs to bring Amy Heckerling back. They I need. Agree. They need like. Didn't she get me too? No Did she? Way. I no? feel like she. Might I didn't know like that. She, I feel like she might have got me too. No way. <laughs> well, we'll I refuse to believe this. <laughs> we'll verify. We need it. a fact check. Yeah, so I think there was a weird scandal with her. Well, I mean, I, I'm not. But the, nobody didn't remember, so it didn't happen. The last <laughs> I had heard of her or from her was Vamps with with right. Alicia and Kristen. Um, what's her name? Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter, who I love too. Uh, yeah, and yeah, they're both. Yeah. It's again another cute. They're like these quaint old timey vampire women, but that like don't want to kill. Especially Alicia. Aren't they like, like, it's like a cute aren't they process. like socialite vampires? They're they're not as much socialite vampires as uh, what I just love about it is it's just we've seen a million vampire movies, but this one focuses on like. Alicia's character misses, like, the genteel niceness of, like, the 1800s men. And she just hates the modern guys and how, like, just no one's courteous and there's no chivalry. Like, it's it's kind of a cute premise. But, again, it's a hot mess. And... (laughs) It just you we know, tried. It, yeah, we tried and didn't get through it. Didn't we try watching it? Once? We did. Yeah. Oh wow! And the special effects are are terrible. Oh, that's terrible. 
<laughs> oh, well. But, I mean, hey. She has something interesting to say. That's sure. what I feel. She always has something mm-hmm. at least, you know. Man, we caught a little bit of Fast Times at Ridgemont High on cable a few months ago. The movie is really fucking good. Yeah. Like, it is better than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I remember about uh, Fast Times is um, somebody bought me the DVD for my birthday one year, and I, and I went and watched it, and I watched it with the commentary, and Amy Heckerling and Cameron Crowe do the commentary together, and it's the only movie, and I am a DVD commentary like person. Like, I listen to, anytime there's a DVD comment, I'll listen to it, I'll watch the movie just to, you know, listen to it. And it's the only time that I had seen a movie with a commentary. The movie ended. Amy Heckerling and Cameron Crowe continued to talk for 25 minutes wow. with a and, black screen. And they wow. strike me as two yeah. chatterboxes, too. And they too. left it in there. And they were like, should we stop? And then they just kept going. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And they were just gabbing about the movie. They were just talking about it. And it was it was really interesting. And I loved that. And someone borrowed that DVD from me. And I never got it back. Well, fuck them. Yeah. (laughs) I may be seeing that that person this weekend. I'll ask. Um, Do we want to talk a little bit about Brittany Murphy? Oh, she's so good. She's so good in this movie. And yeah, so, so, I mean, Brittany Murphy had been working the rounds in uh, TV sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Uh, She probably did one a year from 91. And this was her first big movie, I think. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And she's so good in it. She's funny. She's charming. She's playing a dumb character, but... The character's so endearing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have a, I have a couple of clips with Brittany Murphy, um, just to kind of show her, like, her, a little bit of her range. Um, well, we'll listen to the first one where they meet Ty. Um, this seems really cute. The Stoger. Got another one. Ladies, we have a new student with us. This is Ty Frazier. Ty, you don't have time to change, but you could hit a few balls in those clothes. She could be a farmer in those clothes. (laughs) All right, Amber, that's enough. See, my mission is clear. Would you look at that girl? She is so adorably clueless. We've got to adopt her. She is toe up. Our stock would plummet. Dee, don't you want to use your popularity for a good cause? No. Come here. Yeah, come here. Hang with us. Oh, thank you. How do you like California? Man, I'm freaking. I could really use some sort of an herbal refreshment. Oh, well, we do lunch in 10 minutes. We don't have any tea, but we have Coke and stuff. No shit, you guys got Coke here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is America. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) One of the best lines in the whole movie. So good. I feel like I sometimes just open up a friend's fridge and be like, oh, shit, you guys got you Coke guys got here? You Coke here? Coke Okay, so Dion says that Ty is toe up. Now, I've heard two things, two schools of thought in this, in this specific instance of toe up. Now, would you say that she is toe up? From the flow up? Or is she toe up as in dead on the gurney in the morgue, toe tag, 
toe up. Toe like, up. I think that she's dead. dead. I think right. she's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Toe tag. Don't okay. pull out the, the... Either work, though. <laughs> yeah. Because me and my friend Matt used to always say toe up, but like toe up from the floor. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's that's a different... That's that's like tore up. Tore up. That's tore up. Yes. Yeah. No, this is toe tag. Yeah, Close toe to tag. more. Yeah, she's, it's yeah. done. <laughs> Do not resuscitate. <laughs> the morgue. She'll be furious. Oh, you're bad. I did not even think of, oh my goodness. I'll, I'll backtrack from that and say something really. I think from the writing of the Thai character to the performance of the Thai character next to Alicia Silverstone's, it's, it's just an example of, of the creative shading behind, beyond the lines of what the character could have been. Yeah. Not only is yeah. she kind of toe up and a little bit clueless, but she also, is loyal and fierce and and not a virgin and like yeah. she has all these aspects to her. She's in certain ways she's much faster than the other mm-hmm. girls. Like they're just again, you just hadn't seen a lot of. Ca- I feel like again, I know movies like The Breakfast Club they're upending these stereotypes and showing us more, but are they really showing us that much more than the right. stereotype? Right, you know. And these characters really were just so many things. Certainly, tie and share. And I thought that again, as much as it's a testament to Alicia, it's a testament to Brittany. Yeah, you know, because the characters are super layered. Because when Cher and Dion do kind of realize that she's actually talking about weed, you know, and not iced tea, um, they kind of Cher lectures her about you know being stoned all the time, but at the same time, they're just like, well, it is one thing to. Spark up a party. It's, so they're like, yeah, we get it. Like, It's gonna- interesting because it doesn't shame its teenage viewer in doing yeah, drugs. Absolutely. It just says like, well. It also says don't do too much. You can also <laughs> toke up at parties, but don't be yeah. fried all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that message. Yeah. I also love too that she's like, Ty, how old are you? She's like, I'll be 16 in May. Well, my birthday's in April. <laughs> that is like such a teenager thing to be like, I'm older than you mm-hmm. by... 17 days so as the elder of this group you know what i mean like it's just such a like anybody who asks like how old someone the minute age gets involved you're like all right you're way too young for this conversation if you're gonna ask about age then but at that age a month is like a year (laughs) i'm so much older than my friends i'm getting my license two months before my friend oh my god (laughs) yeah to cut from someone whose birthday is in November, I know the, the drama wow, because yeah. to me, I was the youngest yeah. of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew people who were a full year older than me, you yeah. know, that were in my grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's just a huge part of like youth and childhood and like, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. That's fine. And I would say I the way friends kind of casual sex for me, I had yeah. never seen casual sex like yes. I did on Friends. This movie did that for drugs for me. I had never oh, yeah. kind of seen casual drug use in a way that wasn't like I'm smoking a doobie and I'm ruining my brain and yeah. this is my brain. They're gonna microwave the baby. And it's not like a whole like it's subplot here nor a, there. Like a whole <laughs> subplot of the movie doesn't involve them getting stoned at a party. Yeah. Because they go to the party. It's and just there is in a the joint. scene. Yeah. Exactly. The joint's passed around and it happens and whatever. I wonder if that was debate, like talked about at the studio. They showed maybe, these kids. Maybe this sure. is something that we shouldn't show because now these kids who have stated yeah. in the movie that they are 15 years old pass a joint around in the scene. Absolutely. You know? And you, yeah, it's like 
I know sometimes movies cut away from you know from the actual drug use yeah. or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I feel like hard. that's one. It, it comes in handy when Scott Rudin is your producer of the movie, sure, and he pretty much calls the shots at Paramount. Have you ever heard anything about Scott Rudin? So I know that Scott <laughs> Rudin's kind of like the he's sort of like the opposite end of a Harvey Weinstein. Sort of, if you're to put them on like two sides of the coin, mm-hmm. not as awful as Harvey Weinstein. Well, he's but, gay too. Yeah, so he's not. Um, mm-hmm. But what he does, it lacks in the Me Too. He makes up for in just like he is screaming at the assistance. devil. Where it's like you have to be willing oh, to yeah. have a phone thrown at you, sure, mm-hmm. and accept. That. I mean, it's like literally written in the entertainment career that oh you can God. always get a job at Rudin Productions in New York because there's because always a spot open, <laughs> and, and it's and it's who. Um, well, also uh, Kevin Spacey's movie Swimming with Sharks is allegedly based get on. Out of here, really? is allegedly based on Scott Rudin. Oh God. Yeah. But they say if you made a year for him, I think like sure. Amy Pascal worked for. I mean, there yeah. was a like yeah. Hollywood Reporter did like a list of the people that have worked for him. Yeah, and from Amy Pascal to other huge names, and they he were came like, from casting. We sat. Away. He was like a huge power bitch caster <laughs> in New York. <laughs> I mean, he's a prolific guy, and he's yeah. responsible for things that have he's, changed. That, our oh, lives. Yeah. that homosexual is directly responsible for the hours. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we need to have another di- discussion about the hours because I have oh, to tell you. You can come back I on for the hours. We watched it with my boyfriend, Ted, with Ted, and we. I have to say, it reeks of that mid, that aughts Miramaxi Oscar sure. baby. Oscar bait, yeah. Like it's it's almost not unwatchable. It's a. I, I hate to say that. But it's just so overwrought. It's, sure. a, mo- it's, it's a movie so of it's a lot. movie of two thousand two. It's but yet Shakespeare in Love is so Miramaxi Oscar Beatty. But I can it holds sure. up better. I found. I'm yeah. telling you, the watch hours it again. is two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. Holy, fuck. I need to. I, I need to. And give, Julianne was the best in that. I need to give. I need to give. I need to give the hours a revisit. I want to do it on the show. Because there is some there is some faggotry going on. I in that just movie. need to see that Julianne's like that old lady makeup. <laughs> I need to see that old lady drag on on Julianne one more time because I don't, I don't remember it well enough. Uh, there is some major faggotry going on in that movie. That movie. But yeah, so I think that <laughs> Scott Rudin definitely went to bat for this movie. That it had to be this particular version, and there was no compromising for it. Sure. I that's when that. that's when it comes in handy to have him producing your movie. Absolutely, and, and for some reason, when I uh, Amy Heckerling, it's been a while since I've seen an interview with her. I've seen her, but I still picture a kind of smoky eyed Chrissy mm-hmm. Hind who's just like gonna blow yeah, smoke sure. in the studio exec's face and say, "Fuck you, I'm doing yeah. it." You yeah, know? and I think that Scott Rudin, unlike Harvey Weinstein, has a pretty good reputation, at least with like the Coen Brothers. Oh, that, with like, artists, he's apparently with, with artists that he's just like just don't work for him. Do your thing. <laughs> Do your thing. I'll cover your ass for the studio. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And on theater, and theater too. And he throws his money and puts his money where his mouth is with theater as well. You know. Interesting. I didn't know all this about mm-hmm. about one Mister Scott Root. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I guess that there's stories of when they're making the hours that both him and Harvey Weinstein fucking hated each other. Yes. And there was like sort of a. Sabotage the of the nose. Harvey hated the nose. Yeah. Oh. Not and <laughs> Harvey didn't like the Philip Glass score. And I feel like Scott Rudin had to uh-huh. had the to sort Philip of Glass score put a, a little foot much. down. It's a little much. It's too much. I'm, I'm telling just you, saying. it's just it's like Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. <laughs> it's a little bit like this movie's important. Yes. And you idiots are gonna know because of this. If you don't believe it, yeah. we're giving Nicole another staring into space <laughs> close up to let you know. Uh, I, I feel bad that we're be, that we're going in so hard on Nicole Kidman and, 
in the hour. I love me some Nicole, but not in the hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't. And I love Did she her. learn how to roll her own cigarettes for that yeah, thing? <laughs> yeah. She learned how to like dry her own flowers. I mean, come on. Pressing them between books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think just can't. even Meryl's a little over the top yeah. in it too, you know? <laughs> Tony Collette's really good in the hours. Yeah, Tony Collette's good in yeah. everything. Yes, really. Even when Tony Collette's over the top. I know we're digressing, but did you guys watch um <laughs> The the guilt the Nightcrawler guys follow up about the art world that was on Netflix with Tony Collette. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. No, no. Oh my gosh! You need, oh, the sure. Velvet Buzz Buzzsaw. Velvet no. Buzzsaw. Oh, yeah, yeah, Do yeah, yourself yeah. a favor and watch it, it. It's just I mean it's that shit crazy too, and it's not great. <laughs> but the performances are all so fun. And Jake Gyllenhaal now has world. played gay twice. In my brain, that just makes him that gay. Means he's I, really gay. I mean it. I mean I would love you know. <laughs> I. Do you remember when there was like a big like campaign in like the gay community? Like we were claiming that motherfucker for a Absolutely. long time. There's some who say that you know I don't know, he, but I don't know exactly. You can speculate <laughs> buy about it. any. I don't you know. buy it. <laughs> I would say this. I I do get the feeling as he gets older, he's. I'm praying he's not heading towards Joaquin and Sean right? Penn territory. Yeah, and kind of can pull back a little. But, yeah, you know, I mean they got to get him that Oscar somehow. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, though, I mean, he's good. I think Man. he's a great actor. I like Maggie better. Maggie's one of those I just love watching her act. I really Are you do. excited for her to play Elvis's mom? You know, I... Uh, in the... I mean, hell, the she'll Bazzler do a better man. job than Bryce Dallas as Elton's mom. Who cast her in that movie? <laughs> that was so weird. Why was she in that movie? I really, so I really love Rocket Man, but she did sort of stick out like a sore thumb in that movie, though. And she doesn't need the money. She's not bankable. No. It just makes me feel like Ron Howard called up the set and was like, you know, she she's um, now in the Star Wars family as a director because she shadowed on um, right on uh, Mandalorian. She did yeah, well, she directed, oh, she directed Star Mandalorian. Wars yeah, yeah. won't let you unless you can actually get sh- a shadow on a film. So she got to do it with her dad on oh on um, what Solo. was it? The Solo. Yeah. And now she's directing episodes. Must of be Mandalorian. must be nice. Must be nice. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Gemma Arterton could have played that mom and better. She needs the role. Better. She would have been really good she in that been movie. Great. She would have been really good in that. <laughs> great. I would have even loved um, Samantha Morton. Wouldn't she be fun? That well, been. Samantha Morton would have fit the age of the character a little Thank more you. appropriately too. Thank you. Anyway. I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard's no spring chicken. She's. I think she's. My, I think age. she's my age. She, she <laughs> went to NYU, um, but graduated before me. Yeah, and <laughs> our friend, our our friend Amber and guest on Chasing Amy went to college with her. Oh wow! And yeah. Amber's, mom. yeah. I yeah. had a college roommate who was in studio with her, and you know, she she was devoted to the craft. But then she met M Night Shyamalan and sure. started that. Yeah. Like yeah. I, she left. Must be nice. She is. She is the best part of the village, though. Yeah, I mean, is that saying a lot? Yeah. <laughs> this has been Bryce Chat. Yeah. yeah right. Now we're getting our new segment. We, we know you're. We know you're listening, Bryce. I'll give her this. I love her red hair. Bryce bits on <laughs> movies that made us gay. And I like that she, she's not a, a size zero. Yes. Yes. She has a very. She has a very womanly figure, I like which that. I love. I love her. Yeah. I <laughs> you know. So anyway. you're welcome on the show anytime, Bryce. Yeah. Bryce, we're ending it something nice. About you, Bryce. <laughs> That was Bryce Bits. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how we even got to that. Oh, Maggie playing Elvis's mom. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, the deuce on HBO. That uh, uh, That's probably one of my favorite series. And, and, and I'm not one of those, like, you have to watch The Wire. Sure. You have to watch this. But she's great. I like Maggie. She's, um, 
She's a handsome woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's in my she's in my totally. uh, It is kind of interesting that her one Oscar nomination is for Crazy Heart. I find that kind of bizarre. I know. And not Secretary or Sherry Baby, which yeah, are right. both great mm-hmm. movies, you know. But what I love about Maggie going back to like to tie it back to Ty and Coolis yeah. <laughs> is that like Maggie's not trying to be a bombshell leading lady. And I feel that that, in certain ways, was what Britney, what destroyed Britney. It was the downfall of Britney Murphy's career, is that her people and her her people that repped her wanted her to go out as the leading lady, but she was always the best as the character character actor actor bit parts. Uh, Bit parts. And and not to say that she couldn't anchor a film the way Maggie can anchor a film, but not in the way of like Julia Roberts, Reese Witherspoon, those kind of movies. Yeah. And and I just find the same as we talked about a little bit before with Christina Ricci. It's the same thing. Not everyone is meant to be this kind of America's sweetheart. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's right. okay to be the Rhoda. Yes, to someone's Mary Tyler Moore, and to kill it. You know. Yeah, and when you do it, and you do it right, people love it. People like love people it. really love it almost even more than you know the lead. It, and I think you know Britney had the beginnings of well, not even the beginning. She had a really good voiceover career yes you know? absolutely um and these voiceover roles were um a lot of times were uh um supporting but they were so good and so yeah. fleshed out and she just had such character to her voice mm-hmm. and she was just able to do some really funny um uh, you know characterizations and uh, you know she just had this amazing laugh and she just like was very endearing um, I do want to play one other uh, clip with, with Brittany that was uh, just a, uh, one, a, a favorite scene of mine with her and Cher squeeze your buttocks when you come up squeeze oh, Cher I don't want to do this anymore squeeze. on my buttons they don't feel nothing like now steel Okay. It will get easier, I promise. Just as long as we do it every day, not just sporadically. How do you know if we're doing it sporadically? That's another thing, Ty. We've got to work on your accent and vocabulary. See, sporadic means once in a while. Try and use it in a sentence today. All right. Okay, from now on, we're alternating Cindy Crawford's Aerobicize and Buns of Steel and reading one non-school book a week. My first book is Fit or Fat. Mine. If men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Good. <laughs> that takes care of our minds and bodies, but we should do something good for mankind or the planet for a couple of hours. The way she says men are from Mars, women are from Venus. When I worked at a bookstore, so I would funny. use I would I would do that line delivery a lot <laughs> when I was in the in like the in the self improvement <laughs> section. She's reaching into her jersey. All you have to do to speak jersey is just enunciate every <laughs> syllable. <laughs> that, but yeah, it was very like it was very Luann, just her king of the hill, like that laugh that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my mom texted me when um, when Brittany Murphy passed away, and I was driving home. And I got a text from my mom, and she's like, Brittany Murphy died. And I was like, oh, I know. oh, what? I didn't pull over, but I was very, I was still distraught. Mm-hmm. And now people are saying that this girl on Riverdale looks like her. I don't see it. Who's Ooh. that? Betty. 
People are saying that the girl who's Betty the on Riverdale one that was Hustlers. The yes. ones in Hustlers? Yes. No. Can you buy this? Like, these kids today, they don't know what they're mm-hmm. talking she about. She doesn't have the kind of character in her face that... I mean, she's pretty. She's pretty, yeah. She's, but, like, not interesting. She's just a blonde but, girl Yeah, she's just me. blonde pretty. But I've seen, like... BuzzFeed lists of like celebrities that look like other celebrities, really? and I've seen it like three times, no. No. like in the past year. I don't and I'm get like, it. I don't see that at all, no. man. Brittany Murphy in Girl Interrupted. I know that's sort of Angelina Jolie's like Oscar-winning role, she but Brittany Murphy's scenes of that movie knock it out of the right. goddamn park. Totally. She's that, so good. She's great. She steals her scenes in uh, um, elect or. Uh, uh, um, Freeway too, which is one of yeah. my favorite '90s guilty pleasures. She's great in that. She's great in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh my god, she's so funny. In she's got so many just like just great supporting roles. Yeah, you know, she's my favorite scene of Sin City, and I'm she's I'm not a big Sin fan of Sin City, but her scene is really really good. Is great. I, I think that's the Quentin Tarantino directed scene too. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we've got a little image of the of Lily Reinhardt. Can I say too that that's not my Britney? That, I like, know when that, I look yeah. at that that's Britney, the blonde that's hashtag not, not our Britney. not my Britney. <laughs> it's not my Britney. Yeah, it's just not, yeah. and know? that's why it doesn't. That's why it doesn't ring true for me. It doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't. We'll put that on the Instagram. Well, you guys can see the Lily Reinhardt slash Britney Murphy debate. I'm not buying and it. Weigh in. We'll put it. We'll do a poll. Like I didn't mind it. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I actually like Eight Mile, and I thought it was sure. fine for Eight Mile. You know, and but then it's like when it stayed that way afterwards. Yeah. It was just what like, was that? Uh, just married, the Ashton Kutcher. I yeah, that whole. It's part not out. great. Was she an item with Ashton Kutcher? Yes, the they're That's engaged. So yes. Weird. They, they were engaged. engaged. Yes. Oh my god! One of the saddest. The whole things. thing. Watch her SNL monologue. It you. She literally looks like she had just like snorted a rail before she did her monologue uh, her yikes. arms are so skinny so and it, thin, yeah. it's just sad you know just as her career was kind of hitting that yeah what she you could tell she wanted you know yeah for sure anyway but there's always clueless i mean she's so good in this she's she's good in a lot of time lives on so yeah i mean on. yeah Brittany murphy is amazing and yeah she, we we did an episode of dropped it gorgeous she's so funny in that she's so, so funny. funny in this king of the hill they're like over 200 episodes of King of the Hill, and she's amazing in it. She's so funny. You wouldn't even know it was her if you if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, go find. I think King of the Hills on on Hulu. You can probably go listen to that too if you want to. Remember her? Well, also her song with Paul Oakenfield, <gasps> "Faster Kill Faster." Yes, Kill I do. Cat. That <laughs> yeah, I'll take Ron right. Brittany for that. Yes. That was a fun one. Remember too. her? She. I mean, she sang. She was a singer, uh-huh. and you know, I mean, she even with her little role with homies in this, you could yep. hear. That she was just like, oh, by the way, I sing too. So if you got anything for me in yeah. this, I'll she do it. She sang in Happy Feet too. She's like one of the oh, main voices she? in Happy Feet. I think that's one of the last things she did. Okay. Or was she was fired off the sequel, I think. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, Probably one of the last we'll big stop. studio movies that she did. That she did. Yeah. 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 And you can also YouTube her uh, Pussycat Doll performance. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. That's, that's still there. Do we want to. Uh, Say some brief. We can keep them brief because she's not a very pleasant person to talk to. But I mean, we ha- we have to talk about the career of Stacey Dash. <laughs> so you you were kind of commenting on Stacey Dash. She's great in this. She's great in this movie. I think she's great in this movie. Um, I would venture to say that there are parts where 
she falls into the bitchy popular girl stereotype yes. and doesn't really break that. But yeah. I also find that funny in some of the like, you know, would you call me? What did she say? Would you call me? Bit or would you call me shallow? Shallow, not to not your face. Your face. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that she's just one of those like. Just so gorgeous and stunningly beautiful. Her. Those eyes, loves her. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest. Between this and the Kanye, it all falls apart. Video. I can't really like recall <laughs> yeah. too many big things. I mean, you know? is it? Yeah, is and it the one TV of those, show? Is it one of those things that like this role is so catered to their actors? I mean, a little bit of Alicia Silverstone falls into this that they're not particularly that strong, but this role was just so laser focused and tailored to them that after this movie they just can't really find anything that suits them yeah so they just sort of just don't really they just don't really i think a lot go of anywhere with their careers i mean think of the american podcast yeah. you know think of the heathers cast other than you know winona and um uh, Christian, yeah, but even Christian, would you argue? I mean, right, yeah. Well, Mister Robot, come on! But like, honestly, <laughs> I feel like he's never eclipsed his teen idol day. You and know? like, yeah, for sure. And like, Stacey Dash's big thing that she's most known for now is that whenever like Fox News needs a black Republican, she's the first on their speed dial. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like she doesn't quite personally believe a lot of stuff that she says, but she just more does it as a gimmick to get her on TV. Totally. I mean, I think right yeah. now, if we, if you guys started a podcast and said uh, that are like gay guys who are, who hate gays or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. there's such a call for, it's like Milo, you know, Yiannopoulos. Oh, or, right. Yeah, everyone yeah. wants that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to speak, be the one person that's going to yeah. shit on your own, you can get a uh, forum for it. And I, I agree with you with that. I think there's a bit of that. Yeah, for sure. Know? And she did single ladies on VH1, but Lisa Ray, Ray McCoy and her almost got in a fist fight, oh and then God. she had to leave. She left the show. I bet oh that was a. I bet God. that was an interesting day on set. <laughs> I would have loved to be. This a is according to Lisa Ray wall. McCoy and Wendy on uh, Wendy. So on it's not Wendy. like I'm reading gossip. No. <laughs> I can I can see you. Do you still watch Wendy? I, I, you know, Oof. she's been having a Oof. real tough go around lately. I mean, yeah. there were, I mean, for ten years it was like every day, but um, for the past, ever since her kind of break, you know what it is for me? I don't like rolling with the homies, Wendy. I don't want to hear about your friendship with reality right. TV stars. I don't care that you have Nini on speed dial. I want Wendy in Jersey, who's a couch potato like yeah. me. I don't like this new out on the town, Wendy. I'm happy for her. I know that she's been through a lot, but. The stories she talks about are like name-dropping celebrities. And yeah. She used to kind of just make fun of them, and that's what I like. I don't want an Ellen. I don't watch <laughs> Ellen for that reason. I don't need a like, you know, let's basically just promote and do fluff pieces. Right, right. And buy another house for Porsche. <laughs> oh, Ellen. Ellen had the um, the subway uh, the subway singer. Um, <laughs> the on. new star of the shower. yeah. yeah. I just love her because her name is like Charlotte Tilbury. I love She's it. just the most British thing I've so, ever seen. Oh my god! Are you sure that's not staged? Everybody's saying it's staged now. I'm I like, think it's staged. She got a blowout for it on the sub. Like, even yeah. like she looks a little too put together. 
It's like a Prell commercial as she's walking. No, she is just on the train. She's on the tube. She's minding the gap. She's trying to go to her friend's house. That's it. I buy it. Uh, I'm all for it. Speaking of which, uh, listeners, as we speak, Stupid Love dropped like 45 minutes ago. Oh, wow. So, bitch, we're going to wrap this shit up so we can like watch that video for the first fucking time. And like live our live our gay ass lives to stupid love. You're all this is gonna be old news by the time this this airs. But shit, too funny. It's a yeah between that and the drop of Drag Race. It's like a gay oh holiday. God. I requested holiday I requested weekend, tomorrow bitch. off for it. Yeah, that's too funny. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is a holiday weekend for sure. Um, do we have anything left to cover in this freaking movie? My God, we got a lot. <laughs> this was a good episode because we didn't really. We felt so familiar with it that we don't really need to recap the movie. No, it's, there's, it's just there's sort no of. Need to go beat I mean, beat. this movie is this movie's dialogue is just like on the back of my brain. Absolutely, that yeah. I can just put this on and go to sleep, and I, I think, can just picture what's going on on screen as they're saying the dialogue. I think the three of us were just mouthing the entire movie as it was playing <laughs> while we were watching it. You know, and it's unfortunate that today's teens they don't really make movies like this anymore. It's just sort of stuff like this doesn't exist in a movie. I know that there's kind of cute Netflix teen targeted Great. movies, but there's not big studio budget comedies like this for teenagers anymore. Or and everything's got to be genre for these kids now. Yeah, yes. like even with like Riverdale, you can't just watch just like someone's got to be murdered. It's yeah. got to be hunting for some. It's like I loved when we had Buffy and Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah, and options. Yeah. I don't want genre. Everything's everything. in one thing. I just like I don't need <laughs> genre to, to. I can listen to like people talking to each other in normal yeah. life. Like, why does everything have to be genre? And it's one of those things that there was news of the remake coming out a few years ago, mm-hmm. and what I was saying. It was just like, well, you know what, Paramount? Why don't you just find the new Clueless? I know. It's crazy. And yeah. maybe that's your big story of how you market this movie is that we wanted to make a teen movie like we did totally 25 years ago. It's a different vein, but I will give an honorable mention because I loved Cockblockers. And I wish that that had gotten a little bit more because that was a big budget studio movie about teenage girls that ended up being oh, sure. yeah, like yeah. everything you didn't think it was going to be. And, yeah. and, and, and from gay characters, from, you know, like all different ty- types. And I just, I don't know, I really enjoyed that. Not in the way that this movie is, but I agree, Scott. Like, make the new Clueless. Don't make yeah. Clueless, you know, don't remake it. There's kids are having high school experiences. I mean, yeah. look at Euphoria. They're jeweling and, and yeah, for sure, <laughs> and you know, causing a ruckus. Sure. There's got to be a movie that can be well. Yeah, so much of it is on streaming platforms now, and like Euphoria, Sex Education, yeah, is really good on Netflix. Agreed. Um, so maybe that's just kind of where it's where it's leading. You know, a movie did just come to mind that it doesn't quite hit the clueless status, but it, it tries. I would say Booksmart. Sure. Makes an attempt to make a movie for teenagers yeah. and kind of make it fresh and new. Yeah. So there's stuff like Booksmart. I yeah. agree. That's immediately what I thought when you guys. Yeah, I agree. I liked Booksmart. Booksmart yeah. felt a little indier than yeah. um, yes. you know yes. than like this was big yeah. budget studio colorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I agree. I did enjoy Booksmart. I yeah. did. I did. But yeah, it's like it's going to take something to really impact 
culture the way this did. Yeah. Like, this really just One would argue that it can't so even much. anymore. Oh, because yeah. Because there's too many filters. There's oh, yeah. There's too many, you know. Back then, it was MTV in the theater. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And this movie had the... the the, the time to, to stick around where we were still yeah. talking about it when we went to school in September. Now, between the political climate or the world and the amount of just sheer content, it's forgotten in a week, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Or with shows that the entire season is available in one day, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you forget about it. Yep. When shows, when series lasted 10, 12 22 weeks mm-hmm. weeks that's like a long season you know yeah. to get through a season of nine or two no is an entire school year yeah an entire school year and if you miss an episode you better hope that they repeat yeah. it so you could tape it you were yeah. pissed or you'd wait till the summer which was remember that you'd yeah. have to wait till the summer till they'd repeat the one time so it's know? like now okay now i get it it's like well we we only got 10 episodes of Sabrina and maybe we have to wait six months until the next 10, but it's like those first 10 for that week, everybody's talking about it. And then, yeah, that's why I like to, that's why I like to savor some of the streaming platform. Yeah. I feel like I don't like binging. Well, I'll be honest. I mean, I've felt, and I don't know what the teen experience is like for kids now, other than having been a teen. And I think a lot of things are the same, but to me, Euphoria is the only thing that's rang yeah. true. I still need to watch Where Euphoria. Where I felt like, wow, I'm watching something that like is new and unique and actually it's making me feel like this is what kids are like now. Yeah. Like I haven't felt – I don't feel, again, the genre of Sabrina. It's fun. Yeah. Same with Riverdale. But would you call any of it – maybe Booksmart, I would say that's yeah. probably close to what – And even with something like Sex, sex Education, it's very much filtered tight. through this 80s lens. Mm-hmm. So it's not as true as something like Euphoria, which is like right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm agree. ready for – so. Well, like what? We're all ready for the teen movie that's right now. Yeah. You know? I, I do love Zendaya, though. I do. Too. I She's, love her. She's I can't so believe beautiful. how good she, The whole cast on that show is incredible. Yeah, I need to watch it. You have to watch it, Scott. I... I really like Zendaya because she's really grown on me. I remember when she was first announced as Mary Jane and me just being like, Who? who's this Disney girl that they got for <laughs> yeah. this Marvel movie? Yeah. We'll see what she has to prove. And it turns out... She's great. She's great. And yeah. the role she plays, I mean, on Euphoria is, could not be more different from, you know, anything I've ever seen her do. Yeah. And it's, you know, so yeah, it's a good, it's well done, but a long way from Dancing with the Stars. Right. Anyway. <laughs> and Clueless. I mean, shit. But I mean, there. I mean, there hasn't really been anything in in all these years that's kind of uh, been in the same vein, or that we've kind of felt the same way about. But I mean, there doesn't have to be. This movie kind of stands on its own, yeah, which is great. And so that's. I think that's why we love it so much. Exactly. Watch it and it then is, rewind it. It is watch the type of movie that little gay children of the '90s would rewatch a lot. Oh yeah, and just want to. Be friends with all of these characters. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's a perfect teen movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, on the thanks show. for having this me. Was it's been so, so much fun. Yes, it was so much fun. This was great. We'll have to have you back on. I look forward to it. Yes, indeed. Um, are you on social media? Do you want to plug your social media? You don't have to if you don't want. To. I'm taking a little break. Taking a break from social media. That's cool. <laughs> That's good. Everybody needs to purge every now and then. 
Um, yeah, get it out of your system. But we're not. We're on social media. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And we're also on Twitter at MTMUGPod. We would love for you to rate and review our show on iTunes. Give us five stars. Give us five stars. Press all five of them when you're on iTunes. Follow us. Please subscribe and also rate and review our show. Uh, we're going to be doing something cool, I think, coming up where we're going to have options on our Instagram stories to vote on the movie that we should do. Yeah, week. we'll do some polls for our upcoming movies and you can uh, choose. You can play a part in what we review next time. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this was a lot of fun. See you soon. We're taking Brad out of the <laughs> out of the top model photo now. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.